The following is a paid advertisement of St. Anthony Hospital Orthopedics. References to any specific product, services, or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by St. Anthony Hospital, Carroll Broadcasting, or its advertisers. The views expressed by the host or guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Welcome to the St. Anthony Hospital Orthopedic Show with Dr. Richard Godding. Dr. Godding specializes in joint preservation, reconstruction, and replacement surgery, and brings over 25 years of orthopedic excellence to St. Anthony Hospital and to the Carroll area. For more information about Dr. Godding, his practice, or St. Anthony Orthopedics, go to stanthonyhospital.org or make an appointment by calling 712-794-5536. Good Sunday morning, Iowa. It's Dr. Rick Godding. Thank you very much for spending a little bit of time with me here this morning. I hope everyone had a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving. I did. I drove down to see my grandmother and my mom in Oklahoma and hang out with little family and saw my cousins and nephews. It was very, very nice. My grandma is 96 and, uh, the long-term listeners know that typically I'll go to the truck stop and get chicken gizzards with her, but we didn't this time. We just didn't really have time. We were kind of in and out over three days, and my mom just had a big calendar for us. And when we left, it was late afternoon, and we just kind of just drove through, and it was just so we didn't get my chicken gizzards. But uh, but it was good. It was uh, It was lovely. Grandma is still living alone. She's recently had a stroke, but it hasn't affected her motor and her muscles. It only affects her speech a little bit. And it's, you know, you kind of tell after she's been talking for a while, but she's still insisting on driving. So it's hard for me. You know, I asked her if she thought it was a good idea and she said, yes, she does. And so I kind of had to just leave it at that, <laughs> hoping that she's safe. I don't know. I, and I, my feeling is that I don't know that it's a great idea, but I don't really have any, I could, I mean, maybe I'll approach it with her again, but uh, oftentimes people have a very difficult time when it comes to the idea of that loss of, uh, of autonomy that driving would imply, because she lives alone, goes to the grocery store, goes to the post office, drives for lunch, and so, geez, we'll see, we'll see, we'll give, give her some more chats and see how she goes. So... On the way down, we stopped in Bentonville, Arkansas. Uh, one of my best friends from high school is there uh, and has been there for years and years. And I really have been doing a lot of mountain biking. And Bentonville, and north, they call it Northwest Arkansas. So it's kind of from Fayetteville, where University of Arkansas is, up to Rogers, which is just about 15 miles north of Bentonville. And they call that area Northwest Arkansas. And so Walmart has most of its corporate headquarters there and they're moving another 20,000 jobs there in their corporate structure. They're going to have everything in Bentonville now. They've been plowing money into the area. They have this big, beautiful museum that's free, has the largest collection of American art in the world. Has uh, They had this really cool display that we went to and it was all outside and at night. And so it was lots of lights and sounds. And one of them, there were over a thousand little light bulb globes uh, just under knee high in the forest. And you would walk up to these little things that kind of look like candy canes. 
like tubes the shape of a candy cane. You would put your hand under it, and the lights would beat along with your heart, and it would amplify a heartbeat type sound. It wasn't like it wasn't. I don't know. I don't think it was your own heart because I think it was just getting the the pulse read off uh, infrared off your palm, so that you could hear your heartbeat through the forest and watch it on the uh, lights. And that was pretty cool. Kids really liked that. It was very enjoyable. I have to say. Another part of that was they had a forest set up with a bunch of megaphones that were attached to poles and people would speak into it and then you would hear all these different phrases and stories coming from different areas of the forest at night and that was pretty cool. They had that it was just a, it was just a wonderful place and they have like I said 500 miles of single track mountain biking trails that have been built there. And the integration of the trails into the beautiful mountains that they have. I mean, they're hills, but they're, you know, but they're really beautiful. And then they integrate what they call features, which would be ramps and different things that you can kind of ride on. Man, it's really spectacular. Uh, they said that there's 40 families a day moving to Northwest Arkansas. So that place is just booming and, uh, very artsy. The, the hotel we stayed at, it was a actual functioning art museum. Like you can go into it and just walk around and look at the art. But yeah, just a just a great time, and uh, I hope everyone else had a wonderful Thanksgiving. But if you're looking for like a long weekend to do from Iowa, Bentonville is a nice weekend to do. And that museum there is is really spectacular. Had just lots and lots of neat American art. So, my Oklahoma State Cowboys are in the Big Twelve Championship game. If you didn't notice, so just thought I would say that. We'll see what happens. We'll see if they can beat. Of course. By the time the show airs, we will know, but I'm hoping to be celebrating a Big 12 championship. Not super likely. Texas is pretty tough, but we'll see. So it's interesting having a few of these cases kind of come together at the same time that I've ironically been really talking a lot about the new software with the Mako robot. And I had a patient the other day who we did a total knee in and the patient's knee was at about 15 degrees. So if you, meaning that if you're looking at the knee straight on, the knee was bent outward 15 degrees is what it measured. So if you were looking on a clock and the clock hands were at 12 and six, that, that would be zero. And 15 would be over on the seven. So, you know, if you look at your wristwatch and you imagine the, it's 1235 PM and the knee is supposed to be at 1230. So it was a really significant, all the nurses in the room were commenting that they had never seen a knee that bad. And they've been doing it, some of them for 20 years. And I'm going to tell you what the approach would have been without the robot and what the approach was with the robot. And it's another one of those where I definitely would have done this without the robot if I didn't have access to the robot, but it would have been, when I talk about it being a different operation, I'm going to talk in some real detail about just how different it would have been and how we were able to utilize the robot to do a, a much smaller operation. I'm going to take you through because the level of deformity, because her, knee was so bent out that the femur had tremendous amount of wear on it 
Now, if you were to have done this the standard way, which is to put the rod up in the femur and cut the five degrees at the end of the femur that would be the standard, you would have lost a significant amount of bone and you would have had to correct for that because the bone cuts are standard in the the non-robotic world. On the tibial side, you would have done the same thing. You would have cut 90 degrees to the floor and then you would have ended up with a significant bony defect. And the reason for that is just because of the angles and the anatomy of this patient's knee in particular. It could have been done. And you likely would have had to cement in a stemmed implant and do what's called a uh, posterior stabilized knee, which is okay. These are all good, decent solutions. But you would have had a stem in the femur, likely. Certainly would have had to cement it because they just wouldn't have had enough bone left because of the, the different positioning. You would have had a thicker plastic and it would have been posterior stabilized. And all of these things, I know, I know it's very difficult. I'm going to try to break them down. So posterior stabilized means that there's a peg on the plastic part, which stops the knee from wobbling rather than the way we do it, where the the ligaments, the normal knee ligaments are in such perfect balance that they don't need that peg in the back. And the reason you would have needed to do that if we were only doing this with a non-robotic is the, the way you would have had to make the cuts based on putting the rod up in the knee. So you put a rod up in the femur and that's where you get your femoral sided cut from. And because of that, just because there's not really any way to, there's not really any way to adjust that significantly. I mean, you could, you can only adjust it in one plane. Okay. So if you were to say, okay, instead of five degrees, we're going to cut seven on this one. That's fine, but you wouldn't be able to, to really adequately adjust your rotation and how much it is in the, how much the knee goes forward and backwards. I mean, you could, it would have been really very, very difficult and potentially not possible to do it that way. So what you likely would have done is made your standard cut on the femur and the tibia, put your balancing blocks in there, done some soft tissue releasing. So we would have released on the outside, uh, the ligaments so that the, uh, knee would widen out on the outside and balance it out. And then you would put a bigger polyethylene in there, the larger plastic. Now, why does that matter? Well, the larger plastic over time is not as stable as, so it's very interesting. The plastic has a certain sort of Goldilocks width to it, the plastic in between the metal. And that Goldilocks width is somewhere in the nine to 11 millimeters. And once you get above nine, if you get to like 15 or 16, sometimes the knee will wear down faster. Well, if we were doing this particular knee, and this was a young patient, under 50, but the knee was just so bad that uh, the patient was unable to significantly walk. I mean, just tremendous pain all the time. And just, there was no way the patient could continue to live like that. They just were done with it. Big deformity, serious pain, unable to function properly. But so what you would have had is you would have had this 50-year-old patient with a large polyethylene and a cemented component and a very reasonable chance 
that this knee was going to wear out over time faster because of the thicker polyethylene. And then you were going to have to take out a, so in the future, when that were to happen, you would, you could potentially replace the polyethylene, the plastic, but it might be that you would have had to replace the whole knee. And then you have to take out a cemented knee with a stem, just a, a giant operation. And, you know, pushing the limits of the technical skill of any surgeon. I mean, even, you know, like I said, I've done thousands of knee replacements and been doing it for 20 years. Uh, this would have really pushed the limits of my skill if we were to have done it without the robot. With the robot, I was able to adjust the cuts on the screen, as we always do, adjust the cuts, the rotation, push the knee forward a little bit on the bone. I rotated it. I adjusted the the cut in every plane, both on the tibia and the femur. And I made my cuts and I put the trials in and everything functioned perfectly. And so I was able to use a standard nine millimeter polyethylene and a press fit total knee replacement. And so without doing any significant ligamentous balancing with no stems up or down the bone, just the normal peg that's on the tibia, uh, not a longer stem, no cement, standard Goldilocks polyethylene that should last this patient 25 to 30 years and maybe longer. Patient is super duper happy, essentially nearly pain-free at day two. And it's just, gosh, it's just so amazing. And it's so fun to be able to do that and to have the tools. It's such a different level of surgery that is made possible. The other thing is I was able to use the press fit. So there's two ways to put in a knee replacement. There's cementing and there's press fitting. If you cement, so the cement attaches to the bone and then the other side of the cement attaches to the knee, obviously. That area where it attaches to the bone, we call it the bone cement interface. That area is the area that gets weak as the knee wears out. And so this knee would have worn out faster because we were almost certainly gonna have to have used a thicker polyethylene and the polyethylene wearing out creates these little particles that then get in between the bone and the cement and they make it loose and then you got to take the whole thing out. And it would have lasted, you know, hopefully 15 to 20 years. But this, because we're using the press fit, which I all I use in 99% of my cases now, because we're able to use such precise cuts, the press fit bonds the bone directly to the knee. And so what it does is there's these little caverns that look kind of like a sponge and the bone will actually grow into it and lock into it as opposed to the way that the cement fixes to the bone, which is more of a, it's less of an interdigitating fixation, if you will. So it doesn't lock in as well. The idea is that over time, even if you do get some polyethylene wear, the plastic part, you can put a new plastic in and then you don't have to take the whole knee out. You can just pop the plastic out that's worn down and pop a new plastic in and then reset the knee for another 25 years. So, I mean, and with respect to the new software that we have now, so the big part in this particular case where the new software was super important is what we used to do is we would 
tension the ligaments, which we do interactively during the operation, which is not even something that is possible to the degree that it is uh, with a robot. You can do it without the robot, but you're just having feel. You're not getting like, this is one millimeter, this is two millimeter, like reading out to you on the computer screen. We were doing that in extension. Now, all the developing scientists and doctors got together and said, we should do that in five degrees of flexion. And the reason is that is that when your knee is fully extended, the back part of the capsule, which is the ligaments that surround the knee, is tight. So if you loosen that up by bending it five degrees, it loosens that up. And so you get a much more accurate picture of how the ligaments on the side are bending. And so by bending that, and the robot will tell you when the knee is sufficiently bent in order to let you test the ligaments. And it will give you, you know, this one is six millimeters, this one is four millimeters, and then you start dialing in, okay, we're going to move the tibia a little bit this way and the femur a little bit this way, and we're going to get it, and we get it perfect. The x-ray on this knee looks like, the preoperative x-ray looks terrible. Ten years ago, you would be really hard-pressed to, understand how you would have even gotten this post-operative x-ray. You say, well, how did you do that? Because of, like I said, the ability to use such a much less bone resecting type of uh, an approach because of the robot. And uh, yeah, I was just really excited about that particular case. And I know it just came on the heels of uh, my patient who uh, a couple weeks ago came on the show after coming over from Cedar Rapids and he had had two ACL reconstructions. If you didn't, if you missed that show, you might listen to it on the uh, iHeartRadio podcast. It was really cool because he drove in from Cedar Rapids three hours each way at his one week post-op and uh, drove himself and uh, was doing just great and shared his story with us. But, you know, just right on the heels of that, I had this knee that was one of the worst ones I've seen in a long time and in a very young patient and was able to just knock it out of the park using the Mako robot. So, yeah, so I was just excited about that. Thought I would uh, share that and uh, hope, like I said, everybody's having a wonderful kickoff to the holiday season. Some good college football left. We got, uh, you know, I love this part of the year because it's Christmas is coming. January and February are tough for me, so we'll get through it together, I guess. But uh, in the end, right now, I'm happy I go home on the weekends, build a wood fire, look at the Christmas tree, listen to some carols, and drink some hot chocolate with my daughters, and life is good. So with that, I'll be back next week, and you have a blessed week, Iowa. This has been the St. Anthony Hospital Orthopedic Show with Dr. Richard Godding. For more information about Dr. Godding, his practice, or St. Anthony Hospital Orthopedics, go to www.stanthonyhospital.org or make an appointment by calling 712-794-5536.